Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. If, if a man comes home and doesn't feel... Um, revered and special just like I was saying you can insert woman man exactly interchangeable yeah that girl who works in his office um will start like you, you're making room for somebody else to come in and do the things that you could easily do what's up realists welcome to episode 66 of the reality is where filtering becomes extinct and on this episode, we have University of Oklahoma graduate program director advocate Ashley Harris Phillipson calling into the show today to chop it up Texas style about everything from dating, marriage, and what it's like being a black woman married to a white man in America. Uh, she got cool points with me because off the jump, she complimented my voice on the podcast, telling me how great it was and how much I had a radio voice. So without further ado or without no further ado or however you say it, let's go up, man. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. 908, LA time, back in the lab and shit. My wife said, I can't say no to nobody, and at this rate, we gon' both die. What's up? <laughs> What's up with you? <laughs> Nothing, I'm actually wrapping up at this diner. I hope the noise they have music stuff isn't too much oh man i like the, i like the authenticity man that's what that's what the podcast is all about so okay. it's not a problem how you doing oh, today did you find somebody to take care of? I, w- I was really hoping i could be the one but in terms of conjugating records and whatnot no no <laughs> I'm you're more fine. conversational hey. did you find someone to help you yeah i got somebody i mean i got people to help me it's just about it being consistent you know what i'm saying <laughs> That that's the yeah. whole thing. I, I mean, I've even tried to be like, "Hey, I will pay you to help me with that's this what I'm shit." I was trying to be that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I will pay I you. you. Yeah, I pay you. I pay you to help me with this Spanish. But it's like, nah, man. Everybody's like, because I know them, they're like, oh, don't worry about it. You know what I'm saying? We'll just help you out. And but for me, that's the worst kind because I'm like, you'll help me out, but when I need you at 12 o'clock at night before this shit needs to be submitted, <laughs> you're gonna be asleep. And I'm gonna still be up, so it's just uh, it's something I need because I only need two more. I just need two more Spanishes uh, to get my degree. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's it. What did you major? Is it? Are you a Spanish major? Or no, because I'm in broadcast and uh, broadcast communications and a minor in marketing. I have to have four Spanishes. Oh, but got it. yeah, but the counselor was like, if you do two and three over the summer, we could probably get them to waive it. And I'm like, well, shit, I need you to do that for me. Can you, can I, how do I be down? How can I get down? I, I need that. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Man, we've been trying to get together for quite some time. You know, I got, I, I'm, yeah. I'm recording right now as we talk because I just like all the, like I said, I love the authenticity of it. Okay. <laughs> I knew you had a, a mellow, smooth uh, voice, but you have a really nice um, voice. It's, I wanted to tell you that. Well, I appreciate that. Your podcast is perfect. 
It's crazy because people say that all the time. It's it's so funny because I remember I was being um, I went to an interview probably about six years ago. My mom works for the state and she's a supervisor and she was like, hey, you know, I was I was still trying to play football and I just moved here and it was like the football was out the window. I, I Clearly, it wasn't for me. So she was like, hey, let me help get you a job at the state. I was like, all right, I'll come out there. So I'm dressed up. I come out there. I got dreads. I think that was one of the reasons why they didn't want me um, to put to be honest with you. But after talking with the lady, she, she yeah, she was a Caucasian lady. And after talking with her for a while, at the end of the interview, she was like, oh, I love your resume. You seem like a great person. You know, Romania, she's great. You know, my mom's name is Romania. And um, yeah. she was like, she was like, OK, so this may not work out for you because, you know, we're looking for somebody a little bit more qualified. I was like, OK, that's cool. But she was like, your voice is amazing. And I was like, uh, OK, I was like, I was like, so so what are you what are you saying? And she was like, well, my husband, his uh, she's like, my husband, husband has a brother who does a lot of recording and he does a lot of DJing and he does this and that with radio. And she was like, you ever thought about doing that? And I was like, no, I, I've never even thought about that. And she's like, you really, really do have a great voice. You need to probably go on the radio. I didn't even think about this. This is like almost yeah. 10 years ago. So it's like, I hear it all the time, but in my mind, I'm like, what the hell? I'm just a country nigga from Texacana just talking <laughs> on a microphone. Mind you, I do love being on the mic, but you know, I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. So what's been up with you, man? You 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 out in uh, Tulsa? I am in Tulsa. Um, what's been up? I have been working with um, like I don't know if you've heard of like Leadership Dallas or Leadership Richardson. Yeah, I do. But there's leadership development programs all over, uh -huh. and I just started with Leadership Tulsa in August, uh, and I'm over north, okay. which is a program for people who want to. Uh, and we are very specific about saying practice leadership. Yeah, leadership. Okay. Um, because North Tulsa is a historically under-resourced community in terms of economic development and quality housing. Um, it's a code. When you say North Tulsa and Tulsa, that's often code for Black Tulsa. That's what I was about to say. Is that near are, where? Is that near where yeah, they have Black Wall Street? Oh yeah, Black Wall Street exactly. Okay. Um, and there's a misconception whenever history talks about you know to leave Tulsa burning and in ashes. Yeah. Don't actually know. It's so funny. Exactly. And it's so funny that you say that because I always talk about here in Dallas, you know, we, we have so many things like the urban, uh, I think it's urban league of young professionals here in Dallas. And I know I've had several people on the, on the podcast in reference, you know, who work there and they always talk about the initiatives and the agenda of that program to make things better. But I always question them and ask when is a time and you, you can answer this too. when, why is it so hard for black people to come together? You think to make, to build something like I always feel like every time it, it, it's time for black people to come together, like, especially with black men, we want to be the big dick in the room and we want to be the only one with our name in the lights, if you will. Yeah. 
say um, it has to do with some. I don't understand what drives this. Like I have to be the one with my name on it. Yeah. But I um, managed an intern this summer, and he came to me excited because our urban league closed down because it was mismanaged and a lot of different things. Yeah. So um, the Chamber of Commerce, the Black Chamber of Commerce, is trying to start a young professional. And I was like, don't reinvent the wheel. There's already um, a young professionals network they meet. And the chamber was like, no, we want to do our own. And I'm just like, it ain't but a smattering of us here. Yeah. You know, why fly rams into the wheel? I don't know why that is. I'm grieve thing. Like, I have to have my name on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's, we don't, we, I always say, like, um, you watch Power? Of course I do. Okay, so go. Such a shrewd businessman. Yeah. Um, and he thinks long term. And I just see other communities, and that's code for white people, yeah. Latino people in Tulsa, yeah. operating much more entrepreneurially and enterprisingly, meaning yeah. let's all work together. I don't have to like you necessarily, yeah. but if we can buy up a block, yeah. we can we can have more impact than me having my business over here and you having your business over there. So Very true. I see it happening in other communities. Um I'm waiting on it to happen here. Well, like they say all the time with white people, you can say whatever you want about white people. You can talk about them. You can put their name in the news. But as long as you ain't, if you ain't fucking with their money, you're not hurting them. They only care about money. And that's why they are successful. That's why they do have enterprises. And that's why they have wealth. They're not just rich. They have long-term wealth. Because like you said, they know how to come down and sit at a table and say, I may not like you. Your mama may have did this to my mama, but hey, if we can make this million dollars a year and flip it into five in the next two years, then we can work this out. But like you said, with the black community, it always seems like we want to make that million dollars by ourselves and try to get to five. Yeah. And then you may not even never get to five because you never had a you, you, you had no expansion on it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I wish I, I knew. Yeah, I know. A bunch more magic oh man who are you trying to tell yeah and, and it's crazy because like i've said it before too like since i've been here i've tried to have that mindset and, and i thank you to people like michelle uh, michelle williams here who's vice president right now urban league of dallas and she's running for president but people like her who really have the intention of trying to bring real commerce and real action here within the black side the black community people like chris lewis and things of that nature but it's like it, it's just so hard to come together because you also run across those people who they will say hey i'm here to help but you never see their face unless it's it's some it, unless it's a crowd around to where their name like you said um will be in the lights if you will so whatever enough about, uh, enough about that i did want to talk to you um because like i said we were supposed to talk like a while back and 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 you were supposed to be on the segment where we were talking about relationships and the differences of dating so i was going to ask you to start it off before you got married because you are married how was the dating life how was the dating game for you
and things where I thought grown and sexy men were. Yeah. And I don't know if people weren't feeling the natural because I used to rock my afro. Yeah. Um, I think I look a little cute. Um, <laughs> but I, I felt it was rather dry in terms of like meaningful dating landscape. Yeah. Um, and I have a theory. My girlfriends and I had a theory. So, aside from the guys who want to smash, which I think are numerous, yeah. um, my talented parents' brothers, or the guys who, you know, um, can have an intellectual conversation with you and work a range of jobs, and I think you have to be a certain field, because they're coveted, because they are, you know, in the top tier of guys, yeah. there's not a rush to settle down. Yeah. So, the guys that we were looking at aren't looking to settle down until they hit 30. 35 yeah. and here we are in our early 20s thinking about wanting to get married and things like that so um it was fun to date or, or to just hang out with people um and now that I'm married you know people come out of the woodwork saying oh I would have you know tried to holler and things and it's like well why you know what, what held you back what else, yeah you know? so does that answer your question no, it definitely answers it. It's funny because I don't think people know that we grew up in the same town back home and um, you went to yeah. uh, somewhat cross rival school um, at, at Liberty Allo. Now, I dated a few girls at Liberty Allo and I remember I don't think you were a part. I know you probably know this when I said the roundtable click. Oh, did you say you don't think I'm a part of Were it? you a part of that? <laughs> see that's what i'm saying i don't know i remember danielle i remember sherelle and all of them because i used to talk to sherelle a little bit and then yeah I, see i knew i knew it was so yeah i remember talking to sherelle and then it was um i think sherica was she in there yeah yeah man and i was like yeah kim yeah and i was like oh man yeah, it was a lot of fine girls. I mean, the whole ten was it, it was good from top to bottom. You know, <laughs> that's one thing Liberty Allo was known for was the women. Because I know at Texas High we was like, uh, nah, they. I mean, they may have been cute, but you know, it was like they was a little hood, maybe a little bit too hood for me. Because at the time, I was all I did was went to church, so I was like, I need me a good clean girl. Yes. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Now in high school. I think I may be wrong, but did you date Brandon? Brandon Jones? Brandon, yes, we dated in high school. Okay, and the reason I bring that up is because you have you you have very interesting stories for people who may not know Brandon Jones. I may edit this part out. I don't know, but uh, he went yeah. on he went on to play in uh he went on to play for Oklahoma University. He won a championship there, yeah. and then he went on to the NFL to play about eight or nine years, um, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. With him be in high school dating him, what was that like? Because he was pretty big in high school. It was um pretty cool. I mean, we um dated I would say my freshman sophomore year and he, yeah. he went off to school. Um he's funny, just like a lot of guys that yeah. I went to high school with. Um I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, you know, he plays football and cooler than dating anyone else. Yeah. I think what I like the most about him is his personality. Yeah. He's Bra- just silly. Yeah. Brandon Real did. silly. And um, he liked to have fun. Yeah. Um, going out to the lake or, uh, you know, let's go play basketball or things yeah. like that. Yeah. Now, it was crazy because yeah. me and Brandon growing up, like we all, you know, like his mom and my mom worked together back home. And I remember we oh, would, yeah. yeah. And I remember we would. Uh, I would always spend the night over his house, and he, or he would come to my house. And you know, we always used to make fun of Brandon, me and uh, Ken Hill, because Brandon was so damn black. 
you know, Brandon, Brandon was. Yeah, he would tell me that. Yeah, <laughs> Brandon. That. Yeah, Brandon was so damn black. And then it's like he he went from hanging out with us, and then not to be funny when he went to Liberty Hollow. You know, Liberty Hollow, the black guys over there, they ran the school. But it was so funny because it was like they ran the school, but they dressed like white boys. They used to wear the little yeah, uh Aber- their the uh, their khakis, the Abercrombie and Fitch clothes, and they would wear those um where it was like the seashells and beads on the little rope the necklace. And I was like, why the fuck are y'all wearing these tight ass ropes around y'all neck? Like, ain't nobody doing that. And we was like, damn, it's crazy that they, they are black and they run that school with the girls, white, black, everything, but they dress like the white dudes over there. And I just thought that was, uh, yeah. I thought that was so funny, man. And that, that's crazy. Cause I forgot about it. But when I was writing down notes to interview, I was like, Oh, I think she did date Brandon. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I was thinking about, and I was talking to my husband about how we raise our kids, yeah. is like, I don't know if you've noticed this with your black female listeners or yeah. peers, but just like we would date somebody and talk to them, and that was like it. We would be exclusive. Yeah. Whereas I would look at my white girlfriends, and they're dating, and it wasn't like sleeping around dating. They were just like, oh, I'm going out with Anthony tonight. I'm yeah. going out with you know, Kyle the other night. Yeah. I was just like, dang, if I could go back, that's what I would have done. Would have done. Because I can count on one hand, like a quote unquote serious boyfriend yeah. that I've had. And I just would have wanted to have a broader um, experience. A broader experience. Yeah. Um, rather than trying to hold it down for somebody. Like when Brandon went off to school, yeah. we dated um, until about that December. Yeah. And it was just like, not like it was kind of pointless. Like yeah. I would never tell my daughter today to do going off to school. Going off to school. Uh, just because it's two different, two different experiences. Yeah. He needs to go experience his college and I should have been more focused um, on high school. But yeah. yeah. It was good. We're still cool. Yeah, but no, I, it's it's crazy though. It's crazy because I I agree with you on what you're saying, but I think it's about I think it's a race difference and, or a culture difference. Yeah. Meaning, with white people, even sex. I've had the conversation so many times with people about sex. With black people, we're told don't do this you know black girls are told don't do this don't do that that's nasty and okay granted it may be nasty but it's like i'm not saying go be a hoe but at the same time white women are being taught to do these things to please their man and 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 they're able to keep their man one of the biggest things i hear black dudes say when it comes to white women a lot of black dudes don't really want to marry a white woman they just want to have sex with a white woman and the reason they yep. want to have sex the with a white woman, yeah, the, the curiosity factor. And then not to be funny, what you see on porn, what you hear in the streets. I tell the story all the time about being in the ninth grade and a white girl was like, oh, giving oral sex is just like sucking on your thumb. And I'm like, what? And you talk to a black girl and they like, no, nah, I'm not putting that in my mouth. But white women and uh-huh. I've even heard at this age, at 30 plus years old, I still have conversation conversations with white women there that are like, I will put it in my mouth before I let you penetrate me. They, wow. uh, they're, they're, they're just, they're, exactly. They're just raised differently, and, and a lot of black girls are like, uh, "Me giving you head is a little bit more intimate than you putting it." So everybody, I think, it's just the way people are raised, man. To date, we're not really raised to to date around, to be with multiple people and things of that nature. So it is, it's just crazy that you know that's how it is for us, unfortunately. That's an astute observation. That's that might be what it what it is. Well, I want to raise my kids differently, not get tied down. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Hey, we're going to take a quick break real quick and we'll be right back. 
Whipping the soda, you know that I'm gone. Just give him that brush, just give him that brush. But most of the people who uh, most of the people who listen to the show, it's seventy five percent white listeners, which is surprising to me because when I did the research, I was like, "Damn, I was expecting it to be more black," but it's not. So yeah, white people love their podcast. Yeah, and black people are still trying to get into it. But it, it for me, I just try to avoid actually doing. I would love to get paid to do it, but it's like like you said, if I went to a CBS or something like that, we're not going to be able to talk about black stuff and the funny thing about it is you see too many times white people telling black stories and I'm like if you know anything about writing and journalism and media they're going to embellish that shit so if they need to sell a story and make it a little bit more sad or a little bit more conflicting you know far as gang related like the shit may not even Mm -hmm. be that bad and and the reason I tell people that I'm like think about a white person or a black person say for instance if me and you we you came to Dallas we hung out we went on the south side and let's say we saw this drunk dude this or this homeless black man who asked us for some money and we were like oh you know we don't have anything on us and he was like oh you sure you ain't got nothing and we're like no we don't have anything and he keeps begging we would just be like you know we'll go back and tell somebody hey you know we ran into this black guy who was homeless and he really needed some money he didn't have no money you know and he kept asking but you know we were just sorry we couldn't help him a white person to say oh we hung out on the black side of town and uh, you know we were walking down this dark street and when we were walking down this dark street this guy came up with us asking us for money so aggressively and when you say aggressively then you're like damn did he grab you so it's like when you allow them to tell your stories man it just comes out different and i don't even think i tell people all the time everything is not racism i don't think a lot of white people try to be racist they just don't know no better and the way they were raised is totally different from us sometimes yeah i i feel you on that um i use the term smog um if you've ever read dr beverly tatum she's a Selman president Uh she wrote a book called why are all the black people sitting together in the cafeteria yeah and she says just to be in America, and basically, in my opinion, to be in the world by imperialism and colonialism, you you are impacted by racism. Yeah. So whether you are a white person who says I'm colorblind, which yeah. is inherently racist, yeah. or not, you have unconscious biases that make you say stuff like that. Yeah. Or make you clutch your purse when I walk by. Yeah. Now, I, I, I don't know if it's locks that make white people scared of me. But I'll be walking down the street and people will regard me like black men. So I don't. Yeah. Wait, say say, say that last part again because your phone kind of broke up. You said this about black people. You said black people look at you funny with your locks. Oh, no, no, no. I said I don't know if it's my locks. Oh, okay. I have been regarded by white people the way it's typically reserved for black men. Oh, black men. Yeah. People are afraid of black men. Uh, but I've been walking down the street, and I said, I don't know if it's because of people's assumptions about locks. Yeah. Because before I had locks, I wasn't re- regarded as threatening. I don't know if it's because I've gained weight or what. Yeah. But uh, people are scared. I think I think it's more so the dreadlocks because I get the same thing too. It's so funny because it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, in corporate America, I mean, you got to think about it. a lot of times white people their only encounter with blacks are from television. Like what they yeah. see on television. And yeah. anytime you see 
dreads on television, whether it's a man or a woman, which is normally a black man. They're selling drugs. They're aggressive. Or it's the athlete like Marshawn Lynch, who they feel like is condescending or not cooperative when he doesn't want to talk in the media uh, interviews or somebody like Richard Sherman, who's very smart and intelligent, but aggressive when he you know, bites back at the media for trying to say things to him that are derogatory, like calling him a thug and stuff like that. But they don't do it to Tom Brady. They don't do it to Peyton Manning and people like that. So I think they just have a misconception of what it is. And then you do have a lot of black people that have locks and they don't know why they have locks. Like I've been asked by black people, when you got dreads, what did you get them for? And for me, I studied the Rastafarian uh, religion and things of that nature before I got them. I got them because it was about patience and understanding yourself and, 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 and getting in contact with the deeper you. And that's one of the things that I did. I researched it. I didn't just get it because Lil Wayne had it or future had it or whatever, which is why, why a lot of black dudes get it these days or because, because women like it. I remember going to get my hair done by a different stylist because my stylist was out of town. And she literally said to me verbatim when I got in the chair, she said, you're very handsome. I love your beard. I said, thank you. She's like, I bet your pussy rate went through the roof when you got your locks. I said, uh, no, my pussy rate was, yeah, but I said, my pussy rate was through the roof before I got these locks. I'm just joking. But but I was just like, wow. But it's one of those things because you know, what's so funny about it. It scared off a lot of black girls. A lot of black girls, I'm telling you, a lot of black girls, when I started growing my hair, so many black women was like, oh, don't grow your hair. They like the fresh cut, the waves. I mean, not to be funny, they've somewhat been conditioned as well. Yeah. If you keep them edged up and fresh done, freshly done and whatever, I don't even like mine freshly done. I like them better with like a little fuzz. I always see yours. I love it. I love, yes, I love that. As opposed to like freshly where you can see my scalp. No, no, I'm straight. Uh Uh-huh. No. No, it's too flat, and then it looks weird with the thickness of your locks. Yep, it does. I, I, that's why I like let mine grow out a little bit. Plus, it's easier on your edge. I'm trying to preserve my edges. I don't want to be 40 years old with, with no. um, <laughs> an edge, you know, an edge up lock because I don't have any hair. <laughs> you crazy, man. So, yeah. what is? I, I want to talk about you being married now. I, you know, I, what's your yeah. little son? What's your little boy's name? Andrew. I love watching the videos. And then when I was writing the notes, I said, I'm going to ask her about her son. And I spelled it yeah. S-U-N because he is full. And this probably sounds corny to most people, but he is full of life. He's funny. The Snapchats yeah. that you do are, are, are crazy. The one that you posted the other day about how you react when Brums is out of cookies and cream and he was hitting the thing and he was like, raw, raw, raw. Boy, I watched that and trip out. That's slow, slow motion. Yeah. What, what takes yeah to the next level so being married how long have you been married we've been married what is it 2000 we're going to be married three years in october so like two and a half years okay and what's the biggest thing that you felt like you've had to change or learn or unlearn since you've gotten married um the biggest thing i've had to uh learn slash unlearn is um I guess maybe not learn or unlearn, but keep reminding myself because yeah. we had the bomb like premarital counseling. That is, it's not my job to make Michael like me. Yeah, um, it's my job to like exist with him. So I'm, I've always been a control freak. I've, I've always been a bossy type of person. Mm-hmm. But you know, just knowing, and regardless of what your color is, you can't boss a man. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. him not get tired of it. So. I've had to, like, check myself, like, is this because this is how Ashley wants it done? 
or is it a suggestion? And just like sometimes just like hold my tongue yeah, and let him be Michael, let him be the man um, and do what he feels he should do. And then if I have given my insight and he does what he wants and it fails, then that's just an even better way to be like, okay, <laughs> you know, but I let you do what you wanted to do. Yeah. So I, I think um, just respecting and, you know, I know some people are like, you know, it's 2016, like, screw the submission. But I, I do feel like regardless of whether it's 2016 or 3,000, men have this need to be respected. Men have this need to feel uh, trusted, like yeah. they're trusted to make decisions. And I always want to remember that, especially knowing how I was raised. My mom, um, my, my dad was active, but my mom was a single mother, meaning he lived with her. And she raised us to be very independent, to not need a man, and um, just having to check that yeah. so that I don't end up without a man. How important, and that's what I was about to say, how important is that? And, and the reason I'm going to say this is because your husband, Michael, he's white. For, mm-hmm. for the people or the listeners who don't know that, how important is that? for black women to know because so many black women like you said they don't know how to check the attitude at the door you hear so much about it and 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 i'll say this before you answer a lot of black men don't deserve a certain amount of power because they are irresponsible with it and i will say that being a black man seeing black men be irresponsible with finances be irresponsible with their penis and what they do with it and being irresponsible in so many other ways but I feel like you have to start out giving that man or that woman a chance to be who they are. And like you said, you have to understand how to mind men and women mind yourself Mm -hmm. and understand that it's not just about you. When you get married or when you're in a relationship, I think the thing that messes up people, in my opinion, and I'm not a love doctor, but when you get in a relationship or marriage, it's not about you. If, if I'm in a relationship yeah. with Ashley, I need to be doing the things that make Ashley happy, not the things that make me happy, because I'm not you right. and you're not me. And you hope that if you do the things that make you happy in reciprocity, you will do the same for me. You know, it'll be some kind of reciprocity or reciprocation of the actions that are being given. But how important is it for black right. women to know that that it's important to stroke a man's ego just a little bit to keep it right? Yeah. If, if if a man comes home and doesn't feel um, revered and special, just like I was saying, you can insert woman and man exactly. interchangeable. Yeah. That girl who works in his office um, will start like you, you're making room for somebody else to come in and do the things that you could easily do. Yeah, the pencil um, skirt would need to be sharpened. Again. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I do think it's a reciprocity. Like I like to feel. Valued. I like to feel that he's attracted to me. You know, I've had a baby. I, I, my bounce back has been a little slower than I want it to be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that it, it, it's a two-way street. But yeah. definitely, in terms of my role, um, you want your home to be a place of peace. Yeah. Um, or why are you there, you know? Very true. Is there a difference between, yeah. do you feel like there's a difference between dating uh, white men and black men far as, um, you hear so many people talk about like I, I've had people ask me how do you feel about black women dating white men and for me I'm like yeah. I, I, I don't care I mean as long as yeah. he's treating her right I'm not that black dude that's like oh man he can't handle it and you know I think if we had yeah. a guest on the show uh, a couple last year and she was like yeah this white dude was talking to me and this black guy was kind of walking by staring and then another black guy walked by and was like he, can't, he don't even know what to do with that 
So what yeah. is what experiences have you had being a black African American woman dating a white man? Yeah, so Mike is the first white guy I've ever dated, and I always tell the story. I think that God was kind of like saying, "And I got you." Yeah. Um, people who went to college with me um, were just like, "How could such a pro black woman end up with a white guy?" I thought the same um, thing in college. I thought the same thing because not in a negative sense, but like you said, you are yeah. pro-black. You know everything. Yeah. You're and knowledgeable. Yeah. My husband knows I'm pro-black. I tell him I'm pro-black. Yeah. But this is the the funny thing. So in college, I got hit with a D1 um, black athlete um, dating white women stick. Yeah. And I was the one who would speak out against it because for those guys to date white women, they had to put us black women down. They had to give an excuse as to why they were dating white women. And I was like, if you want to date a white girl, just say you're dating a white you just, girl. Don't, don't yeah. generalize the whole black female population, yeah. you know, with our attitude and whatnot. So at the BSA meetings, whenever we would talk about it, I was on the front lines, so to speak. So I never, I, I met my husband in 2006, actually, at an internship in D.C. Mm-hmm. We were cool, we were friends, but never in a million years would I have thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to date this guy. We, we reconnected in 2011. Yeah. But here's what drew me into Michael. So I dated um, this guy for about three years um, outside of after college, and um, we broke up. That was a pretty big breakup. I thought that that's who I was going to marry, yeah. um, a black guy. So then was just dating around in Houston, and nothing really materialized. Um, I met this other guy I thought it was going to be something, and it, it wasn't. Um, so I was done. I was like, okay, let me just chill. Let me date myself. Um, and I was not looking for anything. So when I tell you, like, Michael came correct, uh, he shut shut every other guy that I've ever dated down in terms of the things he would say, the yeah. gestures he would make. He drove up or drove down to Houston to surprise me for my birthday. Just, like, little things. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, fell for the person. So yeah. in terms of your question, you know, what's, what's it like? being with a white guy, um, the same things that I thought were important in my relationship with black men have been important with Michael. We talk about race, I think, a whole lot more than I did maybe with um, my former, uh, my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, just because it's, it's in our face. We do live in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, so that is another backdrop. Um he has to deal with my frustrations as a black woman. We One day I came home and I was just like, I hate white people, which sounds weird because my husband is white. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was just frustrated. And I don't Word? hate white people for you white yeah. sisters out there. I don't yeah, hate yeah. you all. But um, just dealing with a lot of microaggressions, yeah. I was just frustrated. And he has to shoulder those things. Yeah. Um, because I'm not going to change. I'm not going to uh, mute myself. And he yeah. knew what he was getting when we dated. So that's been something good if, if i weren't able to be ashley uh, the same ashley and, and to quote uh, genuine the same old a yeah uh, we wouldn't be together yeah no. and um yeah I, I i it's different because he's white and yeah. he has white family members who are on different levels of their racial identity development yeah so i address those things so that's like the difference i'm dealing with someone from a white cultural standpoint yeah but in terms of how i get to act I, I myself, you my family is themselves. And that's so, important. I think. Does that and, answer your question? 
Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I, I wanted to to, yeah. to go back to the part where you said if you're black and you want to date a white woman you, as a black man, you don't have to put down sisters to say you dating a white woman. And I and I agree with you because I think that too many times that happens. I had a conversation at my old job and the guy was like, do you mm-hmm. like white women? I was like, I love white women. I love all women. I'm a person mm-hmm. that when I see you, if you're beautiful in what I like to see, I'm attracted to you. And then when I talk right. to you, if we can have a conversation on an intellectual level and be joking, you know, joke together, I like you. I tell people all the time and they always, and, and, and kind of like you say, they'd be like, how would you date a white woman when you seemingly are so pro-black? And I'm like, well, that don't have nothing to do with what I like, though. I would still say the same things and do the same things if I dated a white woman. And I tell people all the time, with the girl I'm with now, I've told her, if me and you don't work out, I probably will throw my hat in every ring out there as far as dating white women and everything else. Because when I go to the gym and I see white women, they on point. When I go out somewhere and I see white women, they're on point. It's hard to find black women to me in Dallas like that are, uh, let's, let me look at the word, not superficial. Um, yeah. A lot of the guys, yes. a lot of the black guys are thirty thousand dollar millionaires. Like they make a little money and they want to act like this and lease these cars and like I ain't got time for that shit. And the thing about certain white yeah. people, especially in Dallas or in the South, white people know who they are. Black people sometimes we're still trying to identify who we are and where we're going in life. And people don't even under, don't even understand. So many people, the business type of black people that call themselves pro-black, they're still doing things to try to dance in the eyes of white men to make them be accepted. I don't do that. Me so either. and no matter what yeah, you say I'm glad we get past that. when we get past that you you doing something or you being successful doesn't mean that you have to be whitewashed or white people have to accept you do i have white friends i have a lot of white friends i can't even count them i'm not that person that says oh yeah. i have that one no i know a lot of white people i deal with a lot of white people and I, before yeah. i left my last job it was a white guy on my job uh shout out to chad and he was like hey i listened to the podcast and he was like i loved it and I said, you did? He was yeah. like, yeah. He was like, I learned a lot of things. He was like, I didn't know. He was like, I learned a lot of things about how black people look at white people, not not in a negative way, but why they view them that, that way. He was like, and it made me reevaluate some of the things that I did. He was like, but when you said things negative about white people, it didn't offend me because I'm not that type of white person. And I said that because right. a lot of black people get mad when somebody talks about black people. But if you ain't that nigga that's robbing a store and sleeping with all these women and creating all these babies, why does that shit affect you? Because that's, if it ain't who you are, it shouldn't bother you. Right. It shouldn't bother you. The answer I had to, um, I didn't really catch any slack in, to my face yeah. uh, for dating Michael. But my biggest point was, you know, I, I believe in God. I believe in heaven. I believe in the afterlife. Yeah. And I was just like, so are you telling me that when we get to heaven, it's going to be a white heaven, a black heaven, a Latino heaven, an Asian heaven? Yeah. And I was like, so to tell me that I can't date whoever the hell I want, yeah. um, I need you to have several seats. Yeah. Because I'm not gonna, I wasn't going to sit here and be 35, 40, <laughs> waiting on a black you know, man. A doodle, yeah, exactly. Waiting on a black man to yeah. finally decide I'm worthy of his attention. Yes, I, I wasn't gonna do that. Yeah, and yeah, so that was that's my rationale. Is it's like, um, I'm we're all alike in his eyes. Now. Yeah. I see race, of course, on this side of eternity, but that's my my main thing. <laughs> I, it's so funny because I had a. I've talked to so many black girls, and I'm like, so would you ever date a white guy? And a lot of them, they're like, they're not against doing it. 
and this is yeah. about to be the reality is for real. But a lot of people, a lot of girls will be like, oh, I just can't date it. They, they always, I have to say it. They always be like, uh, the pink meat, the penis being pink. And I was like, well, I don't know. Cause I'm like, well, that's the same as a guy. That's the same thing with a white woman. I mean, the vagina is super. I don't know. I just think women, black women, especially are so loyal to black men to the, almost to their detriment. But it's like, yeah. I, I've even told my mom, I'm like, ma, I mean, I know you're trying to date a black dude, but what about an Americanized Hispanic or something? You got to put your hat in yeah. other rings because you may not ever get married waiting on black dudes. And unfortunately, all men play games to some extent. And I don't know white culture yeah. and I don't know Hispanic culture, but I do know black culture. And I know it's niggas yeah. out here that's 45, 50 years old, still acting like they're 20 years old. And you got niggas that's 30 yeah. something years old acting like they want something when they don't really want it or they're overweight or they're not as attractive as they want their mate to be. And they still have these high right. standards as I want this Holly Berry, this uh, this Lila Roshan and these all these. And I'm like, but look, at, have you looked in the mirror at yourself to see what you're asking for? Right. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And that's black men. Black, I don't know. And all brothers are not like that, but you have so many. And then I also think it's harder for men, period, but especially black men to settle down because in the dating game, it's like we're at the top of the totem pole, whether it be, I think we're at the top of the totem pole. We've always been at the top of the totem pole for black women. But I think now that yeah. you start to see all these TV shows that are incorporating interracial dating, all these TV shows that are incorporating homosexuality, like they're putting it right in front of your face to where it's like, Oh, this may not be that bad. Or if I'm gay, let me try this. Or if I'm white and I like black men, let me try this. Or if I'm Hispanic and I like black yeah, men. Y'all the flavor yeah. of, the, of the month yeah. and year for lots of demographics, not just black women. Yeah, exactly. And it makes yeah. it very, very difficult. I had a white woman come to me one day I was working and she said, Oh my God. I was just leaning up talking to this black girl and she was like, Oh my God, you're so beautiful. And I, you know, I didn't know whether to smile. The shit was uncomfortable a little bit. And she's like, you're so beautiful. Yeah. She's like, can I just sit? Can I just, can I touch your hair? Can I just sit here and just stare at you? And I was like, um, okay. Like a little weird. Yeah. A ve- <laughs> not a little, very yeah. weird, but it, it's like a lot of white women. You have white women who truly genuinely do want to date black men. And then you have white women who genuinely truly want to fuck black men. Period. Yeah, the curiosity factor. The, yes, they want to know yep. if your dick is nine or ten inches. And shout out and an alert to all white women and Hispanic women. Every black dude dick is not big. Ask the sisters. <laughs> they just putting up with some of these and niggas. Every white dude dick is not, <laughs> not small. Yeah, I mean alert. Letting them know. Yeah. Now they've done, you know, people now I watched this thing where they did statistics and they were like, well, you know, it is more of this to where like a hundred percent African men penises are bigger. I was like, yeah, I'm sure it's Africans, then blacks, then whites or whatever. But I was like, with this whole melting pot thing, uh, some of them white dudes probably got some genes from black dudes and some of these white black men got some genes from white men. It's all mixed up in there now. So you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. I wanted to. I wanted yeah. to ask you a question. I know we um, in the group me we were talking about uh, the girl who killed herself from the Snapchat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. How important is it to teach? Because you have a son. How I mean, what uh-huh. would you teach your son when he gets of age to where he's be you know able to deal with social media? How to deal with social media? Like how to stay on it? How what not to put on there? And because so, I think it's it's becoming a detriment to so many kids, man. Yeah. Well, I just think about one, you know, Andrew has a, a little bit of time and Lord knows what it's going to be like when he 
exactly. 12, 13. Um, but with my students and even with my mom. So um, I know that, like, rape culture is real. Um, so in college, you never saw me, like, drunk in public. Yeah. I might drink and go to um, my home. I used to hang out with, with uh, you know, just guys and girls in general. Yeah. But, like, do stuff rationally so I don't end up, you know, plastered in some type of group text but a yeah. picture actually is out there. Um, I think it's important for parents to teach their kids how ugly people can be yeah. and how you don't need to put yourself in a compromising position because everybody isn't respectful. Yeah. And I'm not trying to blame the victim whatsoever, but in terms of sending, like, uh, sexting photos and dudes would ask me to send them pictures, no. Negative. Because you're not about to have me out there. That's, that's going to be my approach to my kids. If you send something, you need to be prepared for it to be you know, on social media because bullying is not like it was in no. 1996 when no. we were younger. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if parents understand that. Um, I know a lot of it is put on schools, like I was a dean of students, yeah. so a lot of parents would expect me to do something about what was happening on Facebook. And I can't regulate what's happening in that kid's house. It's too you big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's too much. And then the other thing is... Um, I don't know how my mom did this. I've asked her, but there's me and then there's my sister. My sister, Allison, is very sweet. She doesn't really take up for herself. Yeah. Um, and she never could come back, and she was made mom a lot just because of a lot of her developmental uh, circumstances. Yeah. Versus myself, you would think I was a golden glove. Yeah. I could talk noise like the rest of them, and that's my biggest thing is how to keep – how to, I don't see that commonly – uh, in kids take up for themselves. Yeah. Uh, there's kind of like a, you know, who's going to solve it for me? And I just wish that young lady who killed herself, um, one, I wish she had sent that picture on Snapchat, but, you know, how could, how could we teach our kids it's not the end of the world if that does happen? And how, yeah. can, you, how can you capitalize on a rather unfortunate circumstance? Well, I re- you know what I mean? Yeah, I read up on it. It said that basically she was in a shower and her friends recorded her in the shower and then they put it out wow. there. She didn't do it. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I read up on this morning. Oh. And they said that the oh, girl can't... I need can't... to go back and revise my statement it... then. They do have a case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what they're talking about because the parents are now um, calling for, for justice on it. Cause, and the mother felt bad because she was like, you know, my daughter Tavana came to me and she said something to the extent of, Mom, I just wanted to stop or something like that. Don't fact check me. But she basically just kind of showed, you know, told her how, how she was feeling. But she was like, hey, go clean your room or whatever. And the girl walked into the bathroom, but she didn't know that her daughter had previously got the, yeah, got the gun out of the purse and shot herself. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, it had to be. I tell people all the time and I, I, I'll get back on point, but it's just like homosexuality yeah. when people try to dog kids out for being gay who are like young right. and gay. And I'm thinking you think they would rather be talked about and bullied at school and kill themselves or a 13 or 14 year old boy hang themselves. You think he chooses to be gay. And that's what I have to say about people who are in the church. I'm kind of like when they're that young, it ain't a demon. Sometimes it's just who they are, but you you think they really want to choose this life to me, in my opinion, to where they're ridiculed and criticized all the time. Like this girl killed herself. And a lot of people like to say uh, committing suicide. It makes you weak. And these things, man, this girl was hurting so bad at 15 years old. She took a gun and she killed herself. I don't care how young or how old those kids are who's sending out. Something needs to happen, whether it's juvenile 
something and it's not about making an example of them it's just about somebody lost their life because of your your inconsiderate being inconsiderate yep in, in reference to this person like like you said bullying is so is so big and what kind of friends do you have that take a picture out there and put you out for bad right yeah uh, 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 yeah if they had done it in another location for example there's a student up here who was on the basketball team and they took her clothes and filmed her naked in the locker room or topless her mom sued the hell out of the school district yeah. and those parents um mm. Because it was tied to like a you know an organization where they should have been watching kids. So yeah, yeah. I have to go back and amend my statement to the group. I would totally either press charges or sue them. But they did, yeah. They do the same thing in high school. I remember playing football in high school, and I remember I, I tell people all the time I didn't play to my junior senior year, and I remember part of me getting hazed after doing stuff to my locker and all of that. I remember coming out of the shower one day, and I think it was James Hawkins tried to pull my towel off and I was able to grab yeah. my towel and I said motherfucker if you try this again <laughs> you think you done had your ass whooped I'm gonna get I'm gonna pound your ass into the ground like that's the thing like don't do me like that little dick big dick yeah. what I don't play about anything like when it comes to my privacy I'm a very I'm not a private person but I'm a person who likes my space I'm a person who yeah. you gonna give me respect or I'm gonna make you give it to me type of thing and I, I just think yeah. it's things like that you don't do because say for instance if I was this guy who was really very self-conscious or had a low self-esteem and you did that and everybody was laughing at me like that could have been an instance back in the 90s to where you go home and you kill yourself it's a kid yeah. um, or you come back and shoot, shoot up, up the school you know what That's I'm saying another reason why people shouldn't be messing you with just, people you don't know if he's gonna come and laugh all y'all you don't know who you messing with these days at all yeah now I, yep. I I know you reached out to me um a couple of weeks ago. I don't I don't know if you're done with it. You said you were writing something about the reality is. Yes, I am. I need to get. I will. How about if I I gotta I, I need to finish it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 slow. So what was your thoughts when yes, you first when you first heard about the podcast though? I the reason I've, I've one you taught me how to subscribe to it. One, I love Gabrielle. Me and Gabrielle, we I wouldn't say we were best friends in yeah. fifth and sixth grade when we were at the intermediate, but she was somebody I looked forward to. So, um, I like I like the humor. I love laughter. Yeah. Gabrielle um, is a so laugher. That's something that stood out. The content is so bad. Yeah. Um and it's just interesting hearing perspectives. You you all are thought provoking. You make me think about things that I wouldn't necessarily um, <laughs> Just think about on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, uh, it provides dialogue or topics for my husband and I, which yeah. we, you know, try to keep conversation adult sometimes. So we yeah. don't just get caught up in raising uh, Andrew. Yeah, and then also like living here, which is why, like, in two to three years, we actually want to relocate to the Dallas area. Well, that's good. Come on back. All that yet? Yeah. But um, it has, it's hard penetrating social circles here. Yeah. So other than like the people that I work with. Um, and a few people, like a handful of people I went to college with, in terms of being immersed in blackness, yeah. uh, regardless of what we're talking about, that's why I relish listening to the podcast, because it's kind of like coming home yeah. or hanging out with my crew in Houston. Yeah. So no, um, I will try to find a way to succinctly present that, but um, I appreciate the authenticity, the humor, um, and just the, the reality, yeah. the, the real. Yeah, we try to do that, man. We um I was asking because I 
Yeah, because this is a podcast appreciation month, the month of June, which not yeah. to be funny, I just found out that found that out this morning. I was like, I had no idea. So I was like, I guess I'll yeah. be asking people all, uh, you know, all month long. What do you love about podcasts? What do you think about podcasts and, uh, and, and everything from that nature? So this almost about wraps up our interview. Now, I know I told you I'm going to be bringing you back because I want to have your husband. I'm trying to get you in studio. <laughs> yeah. I want to have you and your husband uh, in the studio so we can like get in depth. I tell people all the time we so many people judge relationships and they judge people and they judge cultures and religions without having no idea of the background and the biggest premise for me with this podcast is bringing different people in that 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 are living different lives have a different perspective whether it's agreeable or whether we disagree but to, to understand people because too many times we make assumptions and we judge people and we really don't even know anything about them. I, I actually, um, um, I got someone who's going to be coming on the podcast, hopefully within the next month. And she's, uh, she's a Arabic and I think she's Muslim. And I remember the first time we encountered, we, we, I was in class with her and I knew her, but she did something for me one day that caused me to say, thank you. Well, you know, in an American sense, when you say thank you, you extend your hand and shake their hand and say, Hey, thank you. I really appreciate you. And I went to mm-hmm. extend my hand and shake her hand and she pulled her hand back. Now, if I was ignorant, I'd be like, what the fuck are you pulling your hand back for? Whatever the case may be. But I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, because I could tell by the way she put her hand back. It was a part of her belief that you just don't do that. Exactly. And she was like, well, if you're not my husband, I don't shake a man's hand. And I was like, I appreciate you telling me that. And immediately I was like, you should come on the podcast with that, because people look at Muslims and they think that all Muslims are radical and doing this crazy stuff. And she's like, well, my beliefs are not all, you know, like all Muslims believe. I said, that's perfect. That's what we need on the podcast. We need people who are ignorant, white and black to understand that Uh everybody is not that person. Because even I've been guilty when I get on a plane, I see somebody with a head wrap on because I have been programmed with agenda and uh, uh, subconsciously. Okay. Hey, Lane. Not a problem. I continue. I'm so sorry. No, 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 not a problem. Like I said, it's the reality. We like people to know that you live in a real life, that, that you just ain't yeah. sitting here with me. But no, yeah. um, no, I, I just told her, I was like, I think that we need to hear the differences of culture, because like I said, sometimes subconsciously with the news and television, you know, as my professor uh, in Zynga Hill would say, tell live vision. Uh, we look yeah. at things and, and we subconsciously are programmed to feel a certain way about Muslims and blacks, our own people and, and even white people. Yeah. So I just think it's important yeah. to hear different perspectives on podcasts and everywhere else, man. We see beyond what's being presented yes. in the mainstream. I totally agree with that. Yes. I love that. Not a problem. Well, yeah. I, I'm going to wrap it up and uh, Thanks let for having me. No. I hope I wasn't too boring. No, 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 not a problem. Where, where can though. they find you at? On uh, They need to follow you on Snapchat. So if you don't mind telling people what your Snapchat is, <laughs> <laughs> follow me on Snapchat. It's Ashley Sarah. My, my maiden name is Harris, y'all. So it's Ashley Harris backwards. So Ashley, S I R R A H. Um, I do like being silly. Um, so hopefully Very you enjoy Snapchat. That's my Twitter. Smith on Instagram and my Twitter, too. But I'm not a big Twitter. Not a problem. I follow people on Twitter for Black Twitter. Yeah. 
So the other day I had just finished working out and after working out, I went to go get me something to eat at Subway um, here in Dallas. And when I went in line, the kid that served me, he had to be no more. He may have been 18. I don't know how old you got to be to work. I think 15, but he was anywhere between 15 and 18. It was a black kid, black boy. Um, he had a cool hairstyle, a uh, little husky guy. He was pretty cool. But when he started speaking, I'm not going to lie myself personally. I didn't know if he was a woman or if he was, if he was a boy or a girl. I didn't know. He had a very feminine voice and he had a pink iPhone in his back pocket and I'm very observant. And uh, he had like this little natural hairstyle. Like, honestly, it could have been a man or a woman's hairstyle or a girl or a boy's hairstyle. But I said, I'll let to say this when he started talking, you know, I was like, OK, he's gay or, you know, whatever the case. Maybe he hasn't identified himself, but I, I felt like he identified himself um, at that age. If he's talking that way, got a pink case for his iPhone, whatever. I don't care. But as he was serving me, he was very nice, very cordial. Um, he was very uh, playful with me. Um, some would probably even say flirtatious, but I mean, he's gay. It is what it is, but it didn't offend me. Um, I said all that to say this. I just honestly, in my mind, I was like, I'm proud of this dude. I don't even know this guy, but in my mind, I was proud of him because I said at whatever age he is, he's younger than me. He knows who he is at this age. Some people may disagree. I don't care. It's It's your opinion. But in my mind, if you're that age, and you're gay or you're feminine or you know somewhat who you are. I'm OK with that. At least you're not going through life faking to pretend for other people, your parents, uh, your grandparents, your family, your friends be who you are. And I was I didn't get to tell him. But in my mind, I was just thinking, I'm so proud of this young kid for knowing who he is and what he wants right now out of life, who he identifies as. Some people will say, oh, that's a demon. No, ain't no demon. Ain't no demon in this 15 year old kid, man. Something science is so deep. We just don't know. This kid ain't 15 and just chose this life, in my opinion. But I, I, again, I said all that to say, man, I'm proud of the young dude. It was two black guys that came in after and they were kind of cracking jokes, you know, saying whatever they had to say about him. And, and I was like, man, you know, put some chill on that. And it was like, huh? I was like, chill out, man. Respect the dude. You know what I'm saying? And the dude was like, thank you. I appreciate it. And he kept laughing and talking. He didn't let it bother him. You know what I'm saying? If he knows who he is and that's who he's OK with being, let that dude be. He could be a lot of other things that are worse, a criminal, a thief. Uh, he could be like Brock Turner and be a rapist. He could be a million other things, but he's not. So salute to the young dude and the young boy. You know what I'm saying? Out there at Subway, man, for, 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 for hooking my sandwich up, first of all. Second of all, being who you are. And don't change, man. Be who you are. People respect people. This is what this podcast is all about is if you know somebody who who has a story to tell and wants to talk about things that they go through in life and, and, and just a, a lesson that they unlearned in in their life. Tell them about the reality is, man. Keep up with us. Like I said before, www.therealityis.com. Man. And always remember, inhale courage to excel success and don't let nobody tell you who you need to be and who you can be. Because like all, uh, I think it's Oscar Wilde or Oliver Wilde, whoever, he said, be yourself because everybody's already taken. So bless up. We'll see y'all on Saturday. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4.
Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.